Good morning and a happy Thursday. I had to think about that. It's Bruce, Judy, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Cheese. The happy uh, part or the Thursday part? Yeah. Well, I have no idea what day of the week it is. I, I, I am back. Not that anyone missed me. I was supposed to be gone Tuesday. But not yesterday. I was supposed to be back yesterday, yeah. but I got I got st- we stuck told in Bel- Albuquerque, New Mexico, which, by the way, sounds like the beginning of a country song, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we told the listeners you were st- you were stranded in the desert. Good enough. Well, yeah. Albuquerque, pretty much, yeah. it's yeah. Cl- pretty darn close. So, yeah, I finally did make it back a variety of planes, trains, and automobiles. Nice. Okay? Those are not pillows. I want a <laughs> car, and I want it now. Pillows. But uh, uh, I actually I, I was attending a funeral, a uh, celebration of life. And let's say that because uh, it is difficult to be, I say, my friend Bobby passed away at the age of 87. That's a hell of a life. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's sad. We're going to miss him. Amazing guy. Packed a lot of living in yeah. 87 years. Yeah. A lot. Uh, and more than one person at the funeral kind of talked about the fact that he was never supposed to get to this age. Because it certainly wasn't for a lack of trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The stuff you do. Yeah. He, he won three Indy 500s. I went, uh, Bobby Unser, he won yeah. three Indy 500s. Crashed a hell of a lot more than three times in Indy cars going over 200 mile an hour. He was a pilot. Crashed his plane a couple times. He raced and rode snowmobiles. Got lost out in the uh, New Mexico uh, high country uh, for three days ah. <laughs> after a snowmobile wow. incident, if you will. Um Jealous husbands uh, should have probably oh. been the death of him for a while. Four or five ex four ex wives, we think somewhere oh, in there. Yeah, he lived so a good he, life. He had like three so, cats worth of lives. Yeah. So it was a celebration. Yeah. Let's be honest. Did and, he die of old age? I hope. Yeah, yes. right. he, he died okay. of eighty-seven. You, you right. know, and uh, um, but it was a, it was a it was a big funeral. It's one of the bigger funerals I've ever been to in in New Mexico, specifically Albuquerque. The Unser family is the royal family of Albuquerque. Like there is not a yeah. Let's be honest. I mean, we're grading on a curve, right? There isn't a ton else going on. They are the royal. They got streets named Unser Boulevard, and there's buildings and all this. They are kind of the icons, the Unser family, because between the full family, they've won a ton of Indies and Pikes Peaks and Champions. There's motor racing family. So. Um, we did the uh, uh, big church uh, uh, funeral, mm-hmm. um, and then I, I've never been a part of a funeral procession that shut down an interstate freeway. Wow. No, they shut down the freeway for the funeral procession. Wow. So that was different. Um, but it got me thinking a little as I was I was going through. And again, so uh, needless to say, Bobby Unser was an amazing man. Uh, and I'm lucky to have been a friend of his and been around him. And, uh, it was, again, it was a celebration. There was, there was plenty of laughs. And I say that, and I like that, yeah. you know, because oh, yeah. uh, Bobby was a storyteller. Bobby was a laugher and he would have enjoyed that. You know, all these people that uh, meant something in his life, all get together at the end. But the funerals have got to be expensive. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That these aren't cheap. No, there's no way. If you have the full-fledged funeral with the casket the and the wake, you know. That, and yes. Remember, the wake used to be two days. Now, no. a lot of times, it's a day. Really? And sometimes, now, even, the wake and the funeral are on the same day. Okay. You go to the wake in the morning real uh-huh. quick oh, for yeah, an yeah. hour or two, and then they have the funeral right after. Okay. COVID, you know, changed Changed everything. all the... Yeah, I, so. I have been to, like, two wakes during COVID, and it's, okay. it's that. And I actually didn't even sit inside the chapel. They had it right there. 
And if you're Catholic and you want a mass, they'll have the mass at the funeral home now, just so you don't have to go anywhere. Just drive one place, separated. By the way, they, they didn't require masks in the church. Anyway. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's New Mexico. Yeah. There's no yeah. COVID. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, Let's go with non, non-COVID, or normal times, just, yeah. just for the sake of argument. Um, can you afford to die? No, I can't. <laughs> you know what? I could maybe afford to die in um, Missouri. Really? Because yeah, that's the cheapest place. Really? Yeah. Missouri is the cheapest mm-hmm. place to die. Hawaii is always the most expensive. Everything is more expensive in Hawaii, no matter what you dying. think it is. Wow. Yeah. yeah. The funeral is so up about all that $36,000. End of death and then the funeral. $36,000. Yeah. But I'll bet it's around twenty for just the funeral part. Caskets, no, caskets no, alone. No. Listen, Nick right, knows I, around, misery. Right, I know from personal experience, personal. unfortunately, yeah. it's okay. around $8,000. Huh. So there's a Here range. In Illinois. It says Mississippi is like the cheapest bones, at 15. Right. No mass. How much for a Viking funeral? Funeral home. How yeah, much for right? the Viking funeral? <laughs> you got to find the, Where you the put body them on of the water raft, first. Yeah. Right? And then, mm-hmm. you, and then you float it out in the middle of a body of water, and then people shoot floating flaming arrows mm-hmm. at it. Are those yeah, more expensive up. or less expensive? Well, you got to rent a Viking. The- <laughs> yeah. a Viking? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or an archery. They don't come cheap. There's a movie, and I can't remember what it was, where they're shooting arrows and the guy keeps missing. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> what was that? Was I it, just saw that. Was it I Game just, of Thrones? No. No, it was, um, like, not Big Fish, but something He kept fish. shooting arrows, yeah. like, at the Viking, it was and he the kept dad. missing, and he's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and he couldn't hit, he couldn't hit the yeah. raft. Finally, yes. they did, and it exploded. Yeah. And so anyway, yeah, it was a hilarious. God, I, I but, come to think of it, Viking anyway. funerals may be more expensive. Yeah, again, right. depending on Viking. Now you know, for my mom, um, just because I didn't live with my mom a lot of my life, and um, I, we just didn't think she didn't. She was an only child, didn't have any family, small family. So yeah, and we didn't really know her friends at that late stage in life. You know, um, so I suggested to my sister that we have it at my house, like a memorial. Okay. Like a day of celebration. There you go. We had celebration already, of life. Yeah, we had already cremated her. So I had, and I had lived in my old house then. We, I actually had a parlor, which I thought worked great because in the old days, okay, I, that's where you would lay out the body in I'm the parlor. Admit that I don't think I know what a parlor. Parlor, is. yeah, yeah. Well, I know what a foyer it's is. The room for the dead. And by the way, you whoa, would, you whoa, would then, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, you would, had a, you had a room for the dead that's in your house. The parlor. Then you would go to the living room. French room. But that's why it's called the living room. No, it is not. Yes, it is. Oh, jeez. It's called the living room? <laughs> because, yeah, people would... That's where the living would hang out? In the old days, 50 years ago, no, it was, you know, 150 years ago. I was today years old yeah. when I learned that's yeah. why we call it the living room. I had no idea. I thought it's because you lived in it. Yeah, And that's do. why old people hang out in parlors at people's homes, right? Right. Desert towards death. There you go. You yeah, the kids they're like, the I'm not so afraid of this. Room. You yeah. guys are morbid. Wow. Well, I that's mean, that's just hey, the yeah, way. How old are you? I'm 63. Get Let's in the parlor. There. You go over there. <laughs> You're not long for the world. Hey. This is for the living over here. <laughs> I can assure you, they weren't spending thirty six thousand dollars at a funeral Who parlor. Does that? So anyway, I had my mom's. I hear ashes were there. We made a little memorial there. I had a my neighbor who happened to be a pastor. He came over and said a prayer. It was the nicest oh, day sounds, sure ever, nice. and so many people came. It was a beautiful oh. day. We had, a, you know, we had food Overflow everywhere. Crowd. It was a part. You didn't well, know mom had so many friends. I did not, and I then realized, of course, people were coming for me. I should have yes. realized that this is the first funeral I had ever organized, of course. But it was, it was so personal. It was so nice. It was beautiful. Well, and, and, beautiful. and that kind of rang true for me, and I noticed that. It's interesting when you say that because what what what. what 
coming back from a funeral, literally just coming back from one. Um, we were there for his wife. We yeah, were there for his right. kids. Of course, you go we, for the living. We were there as his friend circle to comfort, console, and tell stories ourselves. Right. Y- 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 you Absolutely. Know, and, and maybe I hadn't realized, I don't go to a lot of funerals. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a big funeral person. Yeah. Um, that's a good thing that you don't go to a lot well, of funerals. No, I mean, yeah, well, I mean, they happen. <laughs> I just don't show up at some of them. But oh, okay. I, 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 this one was important to me. But yeah. It really, it, it struck me that, you know, I actually, I made friends from people because my friend Bobby was our our common connection, mm-hmm. and I didn't know them. Now you have funeral friends. Is that, uh, but. <laughs> I know, I don't know. Like, I literally, I, you know, have some yeah, people yeah, like, yeah. you know, we should stay in touch, you know, you know, because we all had that commonality. And I and I thought, what a, what a lovely, what a lovely legacy. Yeah. And that. My friend Bobby would be happy to know that some of his circle of friends became friends and came together because of him. Right. Life goes on, right? Yeah. In such a great way. I thought that was kind of cool. I learn new things all the time. Now, I will say. Literally learned it. It's called the living room. I'm not exaggerating (laughs) that. I had no (laughs) idea. Now you're making me doubt it. But no, it's it is. That's. And I'm very, still not 100% sure what a parlor friend told is. I don't, I don't have one. I don't parlor, parlor is where you sit and have your tea. That's the It's the room right when you walk in. So I had an Amer- my house is an American Foursquare, a true American four- I love this house. You walk in the front door. Got to it. the right was um, the living room. Living room. To the uh-huh. left was the parlor. Parlor. And that's and, where dead people and hang out. And if we, there were even <laughs> pocket doors. So that's where you would put, you would literally have the casket in the parlor. And you would just close those pocket doors. We didn't have pocket, but they had taken them down. Oh, How do often did you have... No kidding, right? <laughs> How Just often did you have the, 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 the dead it out in the, the parlor? Weekend. Just that hey, one I've time. I've got a parlor. Hey, you don't think people didn't come up to in. me. Hey, you know, I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing this for a business. I just really? did it for my mom, and it was... It just turned out beautifully. But I'm hoping that other people did it. Because truly, it, she was already cremated. We already had the urn. And by the way, that I think I've told the story before... We then went and buried her between her parents up in a little tiny cemetery in the UP with a shovel. I like did it. I shoveled and they said we could. Instead of she actually had a plot. Who's they? Some guy, some guy who was walking a, through the cemetery a or something. <laughs> Who's they? You just hey, can we go bury somebody there? Yeah, sure. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know some guy. And remember that's the, that's the same cemetery where I taught Luke how to drive. So. It's fine. Here. Yeah. Ugh. We're going up there actually in a, in a couple months to go check on things, plant some flowers and the such. Drive around. I think Luke <laughs> should be, if you bring in a shovel, <laughs> Luke should worry. Luke. Because remember, he's third on the list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, first one going, yeah. Is there a shovel in the trunk? I'm <laughs> not going with you. And some plastic bags. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going with you. Is that why? What are you bringing that for? <laughs> I don't tr- oh. Judy's already buried one person. That's <laughs> okay, all I'm saying. No, all I'm saying is, that. you know what? She's buried one more than me. Oh, okay? <laughs> so as far as I'm concerned, she is yeah. killing the curve yeah. on this. Oh, my lanta. Oh, my goodness. So newspapers are... This is not mean to beat up beat up on them. I'm, I'm going to say it honestly. Because I think there's a perception that like, um, like radio, TV newspapers like battle it out or something or we mad at one another nothing can be further from the truth i think honestly i think we all you know have a certain measure of respect and let's be honest if you're looking at the the pecking order in the olden days it went uh tv 
newspaper and radio was a distant fourth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we were the bastard stepchildren of the of the of the media you mean world. For news, I mean, just in, yeah. In, I mean, we were not treated as seriously. Yeah. Um. So, but I can acknowledge the need for a good news organization, a good newspaper in that sense. And I say we say paper. I have not physically touched a newspaper in years. I have. They still they, they're the same. They still make you get, them. You get ink on your fingers. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. From the USA Today to the uh, uh, Washington Post to the Chicago Tribune, I read them online. Yeah. There's an app for that. I'm like, why would I touch a newspaper? Like, I I guess in my head, touching a newspaper like that. Well, that's the news from 12 hours ago. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, well, that can't be the latest news. That is the biggest mistake people make. That's my world. I'm like, you know what? That is the whole story, though. It, It everyone should be reading the newspaper. I don't care how in what how you read it online. A real no, no, that's what you're saying. But the printed one. Strikes me as being old news. Was but printed like I'm six hours you, ago, the but one online you, would be like updated. Yeah, online, a, you read the first maybe two paragraphs. You're not reading. You need to read oh, the whole story. It doesn't matter how old it is. It's the whole story. There will be updates. You're correct, and you can go online to see that. But to me, reading the whole story is so important. So I don't know if we're in danger of losing the Chicago Tribune, but it is certainly going through... A, a, a period of transition that may not be for the better might be a nice way to put it. Right. Well, I was at the Tribune when Sam Zell bought the Tribune. Oh, really? And decimated it. Because yep. that was a big thing. Wasn't well, it? not only the Tribune, they had WGN TV, WGN Radio, um, probably many more radio uh, TV stations on other radio stations. And, and his w- thing was like real estate, right, Judy? Wasn't right, he just a like a real estate yeah, mogul? Yeah, that's what he does. Yeah. Yeah, that's he what hired he does. people who came in and literally decimated. I'm not so not even the radio and TV station, but the newspaper. It was, and what happened? It, it went on for two years until the New York Times shamed. The Chicago Tribune and said, "Why? What are you doing? Why are you letting this these henchmen run your newspaper?" And it's, then it's easy. You know, it's easy. It's popular. It's fashionable to quote beat up on the media. And I, I've noticed that that a lot of people use the term the media for any fact uh, or information they don't like, because facts and information that they do like are not the media. <laughs> the media right. is a a pejorative used for I don't like that. You know. Uh, well, you know that. That doesn't well, mean that it's not, you know what I'm saying? And don't forget there's the media and then there are journalists. Yeah. Well, the media is a broad term. It's everyone. It's a talking head. The reality is that, that if you just stay here in Chicago, you, you guys know that reporters, investigative journalists have asked the tough questions, have done the background work. And have literally broken some of the biggest stories in Chicago history. If you're waiting for people to turn themselves in, you know, if you're waiting for governors to admit to whatever crime, no, and they didn't all get caught because of some gumshoe cop. No, they get caught because some reporter starts asking yep. questions. They're the watchdog. That, that they are the watchdog. They can hold. They hold the powerful accountable. And I think there is a danger. Needless to say, when you keep gutting and kind of eviscerating uh, news, that who benefits the most from that? 
the people that don't want anyone looking over their shoulder, the people that don't want anyone questioning them, yeah. mayors, governors, city councilmen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they love the idea of no one ever asking them a tough question. Oh, when do we get started with that? So who's pushing the hardest for the Chicago Tribune to stay viable and have a good owner? It's rival. It's competitor, the Chicago Sun-Times. Yeah. which Nobody is- wants the Tribune to be more successful than the Sun-Times because that's it's exactly what you just said. Even the Sun Times understands they could be the they could be the number one newspaper. Maybe the only one. Left. If you know this, all the things that everyone's complaining. Whatever, right? Yeah. They don't want that. No. They know that's not good. And by the way, when you talk about TV and radio, every TV and radio station gets their news from the newspaper. Yeah, that's where they get it first. So when you go online and read something, that already came from the Tribune. Or Block Club or the Sun Times. They're the ones who ferret out those stories. Well, the, we, we mentioned the Loretto Hospital slow moving train wreck of a story. <laughs> that it started with one reporter yeah, Black, at yeah, Block Club, yeah. Yeah. Kelly Bauer. And, and the reason that the Sun Times and the Tribune did follow up stories and started asking more questions was because one reporter got a hold of a lead. One journalist got it started pulling on that thread, and that right. sweater started to unravel pretty darn quickly. I only say that because, um, listen, we we hope the best, and um, we'll find out kind of moving forward what does the Tribune look like. It's a tough business. There's no two ways around yeah. it, you know. And and but they've been through hard times before. They so have. hopefully um, they can withstand whatever's coming its way. But this one seems pretty bad. This could be the demise. Oh, God. That, that would just be awful. sounds crazy it, it does. to say. It's, the Tribune was just the, one of the most it's powerful newspapers in the it's country. A, it's a gold standard. Yeah. Absolutely it is. You know, and it and still is. It still has the, I mean, unbelievable reporters. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's still time for our criminal today, by the way. So I got to give a shout out to uh, Jamie Gensler. Of Florida! Of course! Of course, who has a potential career as a boxing trainer ah. for kids. <laughs> Allegedly, Miss Gensler became upset that a neighborhood child had knocked over the basketball hoop in her yard. Like any good mom, she went straight to the other boy's parents to have a word with them. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's Florida. <laughs> Instead, she called for her kid to come outside and fight the boy on the spot. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Complete, complete with corner instructions like, quote, hit him in the balls and gut, unquote. When her son wasn't getting the job done to her satisfaction, police say Gensler tagged in and punched and slapped the child in the head every time he attempted to get off the ground. (laughs) Police were given a cell phone video of the fight, noticed abrasions on Gensler's knuckles, and observed the bruising on the neighborhood kid's face. (laughs) That and Gensler's admission that she directed her kid to fight, coached him along the way, and then decided to jump in when he wasn't delivering the proper amount of whoop-ass. Gensler faces charges of child abuse and contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Wow. So for auditioning for Florida Mom of the Year, you, Jamie Gensler, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law, no matter how crazy they are. Also, keep an eye on this. You see? Did you see some of the pictures or hear yeah. the stories of people hoarding gasoline? I saw people putting gasoline in garbage bags. Mm-hmm. Genius move there. Okay. Yeah. Is that this a is, problem? This is going uh. to be followed shortly by the stories of quote tragedies. <laughs> 
when these things yeah. explode and people are horribly hurt by it. Um, this all is the, the, the gas shortage, or more, should I say fear of a gas shortage, being driven by this, uh, this pipeline issue, the Colonial Pipeline. Let's learn more about it from ABC News' Brad Garrett. Brad is the crime and terrorism analyst. And, and Brad, we've actually spoken about some of these cyber attacks before on our infrastructure. Uh, we've, we've always heard it in kind of relationship to the water supply or the electrical grid. Now, the gas supply, exactly what is the latest on this pipeline issue? So apparently... Uh, they're going to open back up or they're starting to open back up. Now, I'm not sure what that means. You know, keep in mind that over 50% of the time, companies, hospitals, police departments pay the ransom to get their uh, their data decrypted. So I don't know if they did that or not. Mm. But, but if you think about things like folks who supply jet fuel for planes, okay. gasoline obviously for cars, et cetera, I mean, you can. You, it's an infrastructure issue. It's kind of like shutting down the electric grid or the power supply. Um, you know, in a minute we can talk about satellites. I mean, all of these things, uh, you know, control our lives day in and day out, allow us to do a lot of really cool things, and also can quickly shut us out from doing a lot of things. And that is the big concern about standardization. You know, some companies have great security, others not so hot. But think about these huge hacks that I think I've even talked to you about, like solar winds. Sure. I mean, that affected 18,000 agencies. Um, and the Russians, you know, who knows how much information they, they sucked off in those, in those months that they were in there, and no one knew that they were inside these computer systems. So, it, it, you know, it's, it's a tough road ahead, and it's only going to get tougher. But is there only so much these companies can do? Or are you saying that they should have done more to prevent this? Well, I I, I don't I cannot tell you intelligently about um, Colonial. I just don't know. I've, I've read that people said that their security system could have been better. I don't know what that means. The short answer overall, it, it just needs to, to get a lot better. And, you know, it's an expensive thing. For example, I would guess, don't know does not have a backup system. It's the key component to dealing with ransomware is that all of the data, everything is backed up every day, and it's backed up onto a, to a server, or if it's a small operation, a hard drive mm -hmm. that's disconnected from the Internet. That's the real key here, because if, if your backup is connected to the Internet, they can also yeah. encrypt it. Yeah, yeah. So it's things like that that can be – think about that. If, if it's you and four other employees, it's probably very doable. If it's you and 14,000 employees or even bigger, obviously, it, you know, it's not going to be a cheap venture to do things like uh, backup systems. He, um, he's Brad Garrett, ABC News crime and terrorism analyst. I was going to say, along those lines, it seems that a lot of – of companies, certainly private companies, we'll leave government out of this, but private companies are almost betting it just won't happen to us because it sounds like a really expensive um, lock on your front door, and they're just hoping no one ever comes to kick it in. I mean, think about how much Colonial has lost in the last two weeks, multi-millions. I mean, if they, if they pump 
two and a half million barrels of some type of fuel every day up the East Coast. I mean, think about how much they've eaten, sure. basically, in profits. And it, so it's kind of like, I, I get what you're saying, Bruce, that, okay, well, it may not happen to me. Well, the odds are coming up on you. And, it, and, and just because you're small, I mean, the number of hospitals and police departments that have been hacked in the last right. year, I mean, we could talk about for hours. Yeah. Um, and so, it, it, like, everyone is vulnerable. And there, there are always systems that you just absolutely have to have. The last thing you need is to be shut out from a hospital to have all of your medical records. They have all these devices and Internet connections to control heart monitors, etc. You shut all that down. They can't afford to be down, so they just pay it and go on. And the hackers, the ransomware folks, they know that. They know it. And so these folks, these ransom uh, attackers, do they they just go for the big companies, right? I mean, do do does the regular Joe have Where to be concerned? Is, right? Yeah. Well, they take yes. The answer is yes and no. They they also go to the small entities, like the DC police has been ransomware hacked, and so they're having all sorts of trouble at this point. I have read countless articles about small school districts, small police departments, small sheriff's offices that have been attacked. Two reasons. One is that they tend to have poor cybersecurity. And two, the hackers know they're not wealthy. They're not IBM. They're not General Motors. And so they tailor it and ask for $10,000, $100,000. You know, it's things like that. I think University of California at San Francisco just paid a little over a million dollars to get their, their stuff decrypted. So, you know, it's because let's face it, if you have the know-how and you have the encryption tools and they're out there, you know, whether they have the footprint of Russia or not, that doesn't necessarily mean it was Russia, but it may be a tool they created that's out there on the dark web for purchase. So you have to think about it in realms of gangs in Eastern Europe. Could be people here. I don't think they believe this hack of, of, uh, of Colonial was based here that was based in Eastern Europe. But, you know, we'll have to see what the end result is. Brad, we appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. He's Brad Garrett, uh, ABC News crime and terror uh, terrorism analyst. I, I've got friends that live in uh, North Carolina, and they're telling me, you know, it's it's just a, there is no gas. You pull into the gas station, pumps are empty, pumps are empty. You know, they put the little <laughs> yellow thingies yeah. on the handles, and he goes, it, it, it's just not there. But then that leads to this panic buying. Right, it's a... It's a uh Partly due to this, yes. and then partly due to people buying, buying all the gas. gas they don't need. They don't need, right? Which is the same Putting thing that happened bags. with toilet paper. Like we, there was never a shortage. You say of toilet that, paper. but I don't know because I could not get toilet paper. No, no, but there was never a shortage of toilet paper from the standpoint of they stopped making toilet yeah. paper. They made the same amount of toilet paper that they'd always made that we humans were needing. When people started buying 28 times more toilet paper than they needed, that meant 27 other people got screwed out of toilet paper. I had a friend, he would go every single day. It's lunacy. I I was so mad at him. Like, leave it. I need to go there. By the time I got there, because it was down to where are you finding toilet paper, they would be out. I mean, it was ridiculous. See, my my theory is, I have a a unique theory. I don't participate in panic. I just don't participate in it. Yeah. Ah, I'm all running. You guys run. I'm good. I'm not going to. No, I'm not.
Listen, when you don't have gasoline for that race car of yours, I think it's going to be a different story. Good thing it doesn't run on gasoline. I'll drive. Yeah. Oh, but nice. when they run out of Chick-fil-A sauce, then oh, we'll see who's panicking. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There you go. Okay, now it got real. Yeah, see? Okay, now you can live without how gas. Much so- how much sauce do you need? How oh, much sauce more than do one? you need? I don't know. More than one? Yes. Well, of course okay. you need more than one. <laughs> I don't ever get sauce. What are we, cavemen? <laughs> you know, one dip should do it. Oh, for oh. God's sakes. This is blasphemy. I, I'm, just, I, I'm not going to put up with this kind of talk. I will not stand for the disparagement of Chick-fil-A sauce. I'm a little worried about the market right now. It's kind of jumping all around the place. We've talked about oh, yeah. that, right? I mean, yeah. it feels it's like it's near the top to of the market. Out. Exactly. It's a good time to sell. Yeah. Maybe not a good time to buy, right? I mean, if you're looking for value. But if I got a deal for you. <laughs> Have I got a deal for you? So, if you want to pony up about a half a mil, I got a nice little place for you. Um, decent amount of bedrooms. Uh, it's a it's a it's it's a, it's a, built in, uh nineteen eighty eight, so it's not too old, right? Um, I think you know, nice neighborhood right there on Somerdale Avenue in Norwood Park Township. What's there not to like, right? It's got a beautiful yard. It's got a nice landscaping. What do you call that? Curb appeal? Yeah. Curb appeal. There you go. Right until you find out what this corner house used to be. So there used to be another house on there. The other house that used to be there that they tore down was John Wayne Gacy's house. John Wayne Gacy. The serial killer who dressed like a clown for children's parties. And, well, if you watched the documentary recently, <laughs> allegedly, because <laughs> he denied, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 murdered, yeah. murdered young men and buried them under the home. Would you buy the house that's on top of that land? So it's not the exact... They tore that house. Mm-hmm. Nobody was ever going to buy that yeah. house. It's not even the exact same address, but it's right. the exact they same yeah. land. <laughs> yeah. like, they, they turned it. <laughs> they go, we, we can't yeah. run the same address. Because you know people probably be driving around looking for that address, right? So they moved it a little. But they tore that house apart because it was one huge crime scene slash burial right. ground. 29 so, victims. Yeah. Found. Buried underneath yeah, the this cellar and under the home. Yeah. I got to tell you, I can put up a lot of things. And I'm sure, you know, think about this. No matter where you live, if you, if you're not the original owner of the house, something's happened in that home. Maybe, I don't know. You know, I mean, things happen. People pass away. There's crimes that are committed. They happen. Yeah, but not this one. I could see my way around. You know, uh, my grandmother died in that house. Okay. I like the house. I'll take it. Yeah. Rest in peace, grandma. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, okay, that's fine. There is no way. And I'm not the heebie-jeebie guy. I'm not spirits. And well, then what's the problem? Why wouldn't you buy it? I think Just it's bad because juju. because of that. That's why. Bad juju. Yeah, bad spirits. No, but this is like, But I almost think like... it's disrespectful. I'm surprised they built another house on that. I'm not I, I, like a memorial, a park, something that you would put where 29 people were buried yeah. under a home. I, I mean, I you know, I get it. But that house is for sale. You can buy it. 
And in this market, somebody's going to. Oh, yeah. Somebody's going to look the other way, but there's no way. Could you? There's people out there, though, that love, you know what I mean? Yeah, they They're love like that, that stuff. They love that evil kind of stuff. And- Does the seller have to disclose that? See, now that's <laughs> the, here's the thing. So, real estate law moves around. I was always told that if someone had passed away in your home or a, and they listed it as a certain, like a major crime, Mm-hmm. You had to disclose that. Mm-hmm. But this is not the house that it happened in. It's just uh, built on the land that yeah. it happened. So do you have to disclose oh. what happened under the house? Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, like you bought a house. It was built on an Indian burial ground. They didn't they tell, tell you that. people it was an Indian burial ground. I don't ago, know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Well, it's like all of Lincoln Park's on a cemetery, isn't it? Judy oh isn't yeah, one of the yeah, neighborhoods. Yeah, that's true, right. I'm sure people exactly. didn't even know they it. They move right? cemeteries like all the time. You don't even know What that. do you mean they move cemeteries? They move them. Like the one by O'Hare. Nick, count me out on that one. I don't know if they... Yeah. That was years ago, but I'm pretty... It was small. Ago. But they, yeah, they... So they literally have to move the cemetery. Mm. I cannot imagine... I'm so I'm looking now. In Illinois, owners are not required to disclose deaths and other grisly details that occurred during a property's history. Okay. Although mm. they cannot lie or cover them up if buyers ask. Ah. So you, so if you're buying a home, I guess you're supposed to have. So, how many people have died in here? How grisly was it? You yeah. have you know what? You laugh, but I bet people do it a lot. Really? Anything bad happen here? Some people are all about the karma and the, what's it called in the house? The um, feng shui? The feng shui, the positive I energy. I can't imagine hey, 29 I, people being buried under your house yeah, is good for the feng shui. Well, it depends on yeah. which way they were buried. Like, no. Lengthwise, oh, how they were positioned. Now you're inappropriate. No, now amount, you of went can, too far. no amount of candles is going to take care of that. No. I Sage? had my house cleansed. I'm sorry. That's right, because. I have um, a maid. Mine cleanses all the time. Oh, no. This, <laughs> is, this was a different kind of cleansing. <laughs> Um, because I had a, a person tell me that there was a lot of bad energy in my house due to some things that had happened there. So was the person who told you yeah. you had a lot of bad energy in your house also the person you hired to cleanse it? Because <laughs> yeah. I can see how you could drum that I business up. Oh, yeah. I know. She Whoa, was, oh, boy, it feels oh, bad in here. I, I'm I, sensing oh, evil. I, could, uh, I did for not pay her. Bucks, I could it clean this for you. free. It was free. <laughs> yeah. People, was free? People who charge you for that, I have several... Friends who are like card readers and psychics. They really? don't ever charge unless it's for charity and they're doing like an event. Okay. But they, they, because they're, this is like a, a code in that kind of industry. You don't charge people, but if you want to give them something, that's fine. They will never ask you for money. I don't know what level of cleansing it would take hmm. to buy the house built on top <laughs> yeah. of. I'm telling John you, there Wayne would be Gacy's no cleansing there. There's, it's property. Not. Yeah, it's, it's uncleansable to me. Uncleansable. Mine, because mine was very minor compared to Yours John was Gacy. a minor cleansing. And it involved a lot of salt. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I wow. can't even. I Salt can't even. all around the rim of my house. Jesus, he turned like into a, a margarita. margarita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we got a couple well, no after wonder. she was finished. No but... wonder. <laughs> I'm no. glad you didn't pay for it because I was going to tell you, you got scammed. It yeah. also involved a scroll. Like she wrote something on a piece of paper and I had to roll it up and I put it above certain doorways. A giant lime wedge on the roof. <laughs> Exactly. We squeezed it when we needed it. It it worked out great. Which one's Judy's house? The one with salt around the outside and the lime wedge on the roof. (laughs) You bury a tequila bottle in the backyard. It sold quickly, Nick. The worms everywhere. Facebook is bad for some things, good for others. I actually recently reconnected with uh, a friend of mine from high school. Mm 
Um, he's living in Israel. And I saw a Facebook post that literally shows the Israeli defense missile system, what they call the Iron Shield, yeah. and incoming missiles over his house. Joining us right now, my my high school buddy, Dan Skaronsky. Dan, first off, good. well, it's good morning here. It's good afternoon there. It, it is indeed, and wow, it's been a little bit of a while since we spoke, that's for sure. It certainly has, and I, and I apologize that we're speaking under such weird uh, circumstances. So where exactly are you in Israel? So I am in Tel Aviv, um, but I actually live in North Tel Aviv. Okay. Um, and those Facebook posts that you're referring to, um, the I think that was two nights ago yes. when, when the rockets first flew. And I was at that, that was actually downtown in the Hilton. Uh, I was actually there at a gala event for... Uh, for kids and uh we were we were sitting there watching this gala and all of a sudden everybody started running indoor and i'm like what's going on and they're like the, the alarm went off i'm like what alarm <laughs> and uh the, then the next thing you see is the uh, iron dome is actually the the name of the system here yeah and uh it looked like fireworks you know being shot off and then you hear these like slight booms and i'm thinking to myself Hmm. Those sound like fireworks, and then all of a sudden, it just massive, massive explosions. You just hear above, and you can hear you can hear like the shells and the the debris just hitting all around. And it's you, kind of like you're in a war um, zone. You're in a war zone. I, I, exactly. You you suddenly realize you know this is like real. Like this is not uh, this is this is like weapons that are trying to actually kill you, right? And uh, Look, I'm 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 not Israeli. I'm I'm an American, and I'm happy to be here because I have a startup over here. But uh, wow, this was it was a really surreal experience. I'll never forget it for the for my entire life. It was really something scary. What made it worse was I was separated from my family. My oh, wife God. was home with the kids, and my phone happened to be dead at the same time. It was like everything just kind of came together at the the wrong time. Thank goodness I was with some other friends, and they allowed me to use my phone. And my my wife was able to get to a safe shelter. Uh, inside our house, um, pretty much here in Israel, one, that's one thing that's unique here is every house has a built-in bomb shelter. Uh, it's required by law. Uh, it could be a small, small, tiny room, or it could be something big like a basement. So, and you know, we laugh about we laugh about that in America, bomb shelters, but literally, you need them in Israel just for something like this. Yeah, and you know, I think I, I know you've not been there long, but I, I, that bombing so near Tel Aviv, I think, is a little bit unusual. Um, I know there's a lot happening, you know, in Gaza. And now we're hearing that Israel is going to decide today whether to put ground troops down oh near, um, you know, after these relentless airstrikes. How how scary is that for you to think about? You know, you see that you see the soldiers here every day. And I've been here since 2018. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you see them and it's it's a required service. It's required by everyone in service to be here. The women have to serve two years. Men have to serve three years. You know, and they're all young kids, and they're there, you know, to protect, right? And it never really hit me, but now you're right. I, I think about if they send those 30,000 troops or whatever, how many troops they're sending, you think about all those kids and the faces that you've seen over the years, that, that that's where they're going. And it's it's uh, it's turning into a mess. I think, look, I'm, I'm not political at all. Um, I think everybody has a right to, to live and to be free and... And quite frankly, we've had quite a bit of good peace going yeah. on for the last seven right. years. Right, and this is so unusual. Um, it's it's very unusual, and it's just a bunch of different things, I guess, collided and came together, and you know, and sparked this. And uh, it's it's really it's really unfortunate for both sides. But the one thing that I think about this is is that we as citizens, and I'm sure this goes for the Palestinian people as well, is we don't want this, right? We certainly <laughs> I don't want this. No. 
Um, but, but we're caught up in it, right? And there's no choice. This is all between governments. This is all about politics. Um, and it's, it's really, it's really tough situation. It's really, really sad on both sides. Uh, We're talking to Dan, uh, Skaronsky, Dan, uh, my high school friend who we reconnect on Facebook, who's in Tel Aviv. Mm. It's what time is it there? It's sometime in the afternoon, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's two, almost three o'clock here. Yeah. Three o'clock in the afternoon. I literally, I literally, when you text me. Yeah. 30 minutes ago, I was literally in our shelter. You were in the shelter. The rockets were flying. The, the rockets were literally flying at the time God. when you text me. I thought it was kind of uh, unique that you're, you're like saying, hey, I've got everything is okay. Well, guess what? I'm actually yeah. <laughs> flying right well, now. It's, it's a little <laughs> odd to reach out to somebody you haven't talked to in a long time going, first off, I said, I'm, I'm glad you're safe and your family's safe. By the way, you want to talk about the rockets being fired at you right now? Yeah. You know, and I appreciate you you coming on and adding some some perspective to it. Are you concerned more for your safety? And Dan, again, I know you've been there for a few years. It's part of a job. You're doing a, a startup company over there. Would you would you consider taking your family out of Israel right now? Are you concerned to that point yet? You know, um, when my wife and I made the decision to come here, I actually told her that if one rocket flew to Tel Aviv or hit or something, that we're out of there. And that was like one of the conditions that she had to agree to. Um, she is Israeli, so mm-hmm. my, just to be clear, my wife is Israeli. And um, she said, sure. And, you know, now this, the time is here, right? And the rockets are flying. There they are. Look, the, I, I guess we, we talked about it a little bit last night, and... You know, we said, okay, look, you know, the Iron Dome seems to be working pretty well, but, you know, you still never know what, like, going from a 0% chance of being killed to suddenly like a 10% chance. Well, any chance is not good, right? Right. Um, I guess if this escalates more to this ground war and gets into something where, God forbid, suicide bombs start uh, happening uh, or there's some other type of way of, you know, attacking. Escalation. Yeah. 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 Escalation. We, we would definitely come out. I think okay. actually I was going to text you and say that we're, we would probably go back to Arizona and, 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 and stay there for well, like, I got, I got a know, couch. how many weeks we need to. I got a couch here in Chicago <laughs> if you need a place, Dan. Okay. I don't think it'll fit four kids. There is that. There is that. We, we might have to make room. <laughs> hey, I, I'm glad that you and your family are safe. Please continue to do so. I'm going to keep, keep track and, uh, um, uh, unbelievable that you're going through this. Thank you so much, Dan. Yeah, it's really surreal, and thanks for uh, calling in. Yeah, let's thanks. go play Stay some safe. sometime. Yeah, you got it. We'll play some Call of Duty. There you go. <laughs> he's he's Dan Skaronsky, live in Tel Aviv, oh. 3 o'clock in the afternoon uh, as the rockets are flying. Yeah, I literally, he was, he was in the shelter when I sent him a message on Facebook. He said, well, I'm in the shelter right now. The rockets are flying. Yeah, I would be curled up in the corner. That is I crazy. Think, yeah. That's crazy scary. Good morning. Happy Thursday to you. We're going to jump into our 7 o'clock hour. Take a look at the big three stories people are talking about. Judy, what do you got? Well, you can let loose er tomorrow. Get it? Loose er. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Illinois moves into the bridge phase. That means more people, more seating, more openings, more everything here in Illinois. We just talked to a a friend of ours in Israel. The rockets are still flying Mm. from Gaza into Israel. Israel responding. Now talk of maybe a ground war. It's getting serious in the Middle East. Cheese. Not so serious here. The NFL schedule was announced yesterday, but the Bears do face a couple of tough opponents right off the bat. And how long until we see the new guy, Justin Fields, over under one game? Oh, for God's sake, you! That's right off the bat. Just put him. That's crazy. I'll take that bat. I'll take that. I wish I knew what that meant, but I'll say yes. Uh, Good answer. (laughs) We know now that uh, through some of the clinical trials. Notice how I'm trying to sound like a doctor, by the way. Yeah, because we're going to have a doctor on. I want to try to impress her. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. That 
the vaccines or some of the vaccines have been approved for children of various ages. Joining us right now from the University of Illinois, infectious disease physician herself, Dr. Susan Bleasdale. Dr. Bleasdale, good morning. Good morning. So what do we know about vaccines and kids? Uh, when it, obviously, when all this first started, it was 16 and up. Where are we now? So this week we got um review by the FDA for one of the vaccine candidates, the Pfizer vaccine, for 12 to 15. Uh, previously, Pfizer was the one that was approved for 16 and up, <clears throat> but hopefully there, there's also, as you mentioned, clinical trials that are ongoing looking at um, this population also with the Moderna vaccine. Right now, the Moderna vaccine is approved for 18 and up. So this is this is great. This means we we can now vaccinate the tweens and uh, and have been able to vaccinate the teens. So this will help us. Doctor, how important is it for these tweens to get vaccinated? Well, you know, we we know that they're not at risk for the same complications that those that are older are. But we know that they are part of some of the ongoing transmission. And I think that it's important that they get vaccinated and protected in the rare event that they have something that puts them at risk, but also just to to really protect them from uh, transmitting to those around them and transmitting it to those that are at higher risk. I think the, the, the value of the vaccine for this age group is really to allow them to be be active, be in school, have more activities, because the, the quarantine guidance is, is that if you're vaccinated and you have an exposure, your risk is, is mitigated so much that you don't need to quarantine if you have been um, vaccinated, which there are many kids that are back in school right now, and we're yeah. not having transmission in school, but, but it's related to outside activities. And I think, unfortunately, there's been some kids in and out of school because they've had to be quarantined because of exposure. So I think this is really um, valuable to help to keep, keep the kids active, keep them together, and, um, and slow the pandemic altogether. Yeah, I've heard some of those stories anecdotally as well. We're talking to Dr. Susan Bleasdale with the University of Illinois infectious disease expert, Dr. Bleasdale. My question to you is, have you had any of these conversations with parents? How enthusiastic or how uh, hesitant are parents towards vaccinating their children for COVID-19? Well, I would say it varies a little bit. I, I've had people that have been really anxious to get their tweens vaccinated because they, um, you know, they already got their 16 and up um, vaccinated and have been waiting for this week. I, I think we had lots of people that have, you know, just been waiting to call to get the appointments. Um, and so there's, there's that population. There's some that are a little bit hesitant. They, they want to hear the data. You know, I had people that were texting me and asking me last week, you know, what, what, what am I going to do? And I, I, the thing I think that's important is to be very transparent. And the, the information that I had been providing up until this point was, I think it's probably going to be safe, but I hadn't seen the data myself. Mm-hmm. They, they did put the data out on Monday of this week, and that is very reassuring because the data looks just like it does in the adult population. And so that makes me feel good. That makes me feel safe. I happen to have a tween myself that, that I'm getting vaccinated this week because now I've seen the data and I feel good about about getting her vaccinated. So, oh, so, so early on you were saying you think it's safe, but now you no, know it's no. safe based on the science. Yeah. 
Well, yes, and I think that's the biggest thing. We have to be very um, transparent. I mean, I, I felt like it likely was going to be safe because I saw the data in the adults. But I, I don't want to say anything until I've seen the data and reviewed it myself and so that people can feel reassured that, that this has been reviewed, this has been said that it's okay. Now, this week, we had the review from the FDA that said, this is good. We can do this. This is safe. This has been tested. This is the data. And then on top of it, we had the ACIP, which is the Advisory Council on Immunization Practice. It's kind of an extra review. It got another layer of review that said this is safe. And then for everyone, you know, individually, as they're reaching out to their, you know, either their pediatrician or their providers in some way, then all of us uh, physicians are looking at this data on top of this. We've gotten these, this review, we've seen the data, and now we can say that, yes, this is safe to go ahead and I think that's better than just saying, oh, yeah, it's probably going to be okay. You, you, you know, it's based on data and it's based on facts. Those people can know that it's based on the science to feel safe about it. Do you think parents who haven't taken the vaccine will give it to their kids? Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. I think, you know, if they have hesitance around themselves, they might um, have some reservations. But, um, you know, they, they might just also have been waiting hopefully they'll come all together and get vaccinated there you go that's a unit <laughs> they're waiting for the family time yeah there you go yes you know it, there's definitely family um vaccine slots everywhere um so i would say you know and maybe if they have have some hesitation i i hope that the, they'll see that if this is expanding and safety to children that this is safe for themselves i think it depends on what those those reasons are I think a lot of people want to get their their tweens and teens vaccinated to keep them in school and to keep them active and to allow them to socialize more. I think as adults, the the great thing about being vaccinated is, you know, you can gather with your friends that you know are vaccinated in small groups. And I think um, this is a move forward to allow our our young people more interactions, more activities and, and keeping them just keeping them active, which is so important after this last year. Dr. Bleasdale, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Boy, what a, she's our expert, for goodness sakes. Dr. Susan Bleasdale with she's the University of doctor, Illinois. Please. She's a real like doctor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, she, she talked about the kids, the, the tweens now being uh, uh, available to get them. We know there's been some, uh, you want to say the, the teenagers slash young adults, there's been some hesitancy because that's a group that, again, thinks they're going to yeah. live forever. They don't wear seatbelts or motorcycle helmets. You know, I mean, what's the worst that could happen, right? When you're like that, you're going to yeah. live forever and yeah. you know better. Yeah. Um, and, but those parents, Parents who haven't been vaccinated, it might come down to, oh, they're going to need to go to school and hang out with their friends and get out of the house. And, and Maybe you, I'll get them vaccinated. You now have Northwestern. Northwestern add to the list of schools saying mm-hmm. you're not coming back on this campus unless you're vaccinated. It almost sounds like the schools are trying to get together and force yeah the, the this, well, they this don't, age group. you know they don't want the shutdowns they don't want to have the the you know super spreaders i get it yeah, they're, but they're not forcing the teachers to get vaccinated it's optional for the professors so a bit of a hypocritical move there at northwest well but you know again students tend to congregate in you know big numbers in small rooms they do teachers not so much they'll stand at the head of the class like and you teachers. guys are way back there <laughs> I mean, have you ever gone back. to a lecture hall Always guess it. I can barely, I could barely see the professor. So it'll, it'll be again. uh, What will move these young adults to get it, and will the the kids get again? The the reality of it is, is that if you have a 
13-year-old, the chance of them becoming deathly ill or dying from a COVID exposure is low. Yeah. It's low. There is still, though, the, the greater chance is they become a carrier, for lack of better terms, and pass it on to mm-hmm. mom, dad, people. grandma, grandpa, right. other person, aunts, uncles. And that can be an issue. And well, I can understand. I hadn't I thought about that no quarantine thing that she brought up, that Dr. Pleasdale brought up. That's interesting that you still have to quarantine. Yeah. So you're vaccinated. If you come in contact with someone who has COVID, you don't have to quarantine. Yeah. During the pandemic, quarantine, lockdown, a lot of people were unable to maybe spend time around friends or family for a variety of reasons. So they still needed some sort of companionship. So they went out and got themselves a pet, a kitty, a puppy, whatever it might be, right? Mm -hmm. We're now seeing that animal rescue, shelters, the pound, are seeing a huge upswing as people return these pets. What, because they're no longer needed? Yeah, I don't That's, get it. I just find that to be horrific. Listen, I, I'm not the person. There's scales of, of some, people who love animals. sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes, yeah, not But I don't case. think that's what this no, is. No, there's a surge. There are scales of people. I put humans above pets. I'm not one of those people. Yeah. There's some people like, you know, I throw my body in front of the bullet to save the dog. I'm like, mm. <laughs> So I still put humans above pets. I give my I kids d- up before my pets. But I don't put pets at the bottom of the list either. Yeah, Do you know no, what I'm no, saying? No, no, no. So th- there is a, I don't understand how you can have a relationship with a pet going from mine, whether it be cats or dogs, and then just voluntarily right. go, here, you can have it back now. I don't want this one as much anymore. I mean, like, how long does it take? Maybe, maybe you need a couple months to get, I don't know. I think I feel like when I got my dog, that was it. Day one. You were in love with Lucky. In love with Lucky. See? Now, not so much, but I I would never give them back. Right. I think two people, I think, got pets for their kids. Their kids were home. They were home. They were bugging them. So I I don't know that it was just single people getting Or did they not think this through? Right. And I think they were like, okay, I'm going to get you that puppy you wanted. Because I'm sitting around all day long. I can feed. I can water. I can go for a walk. My work schedule is whenever the hell I want to work. The kids can play with the dog. And And now... Kids are going to school. Mm, I got to be at the office right. nine to five. Who's taking care of the dog? Right. I think there's probably a lot of that. They didn't think that through. But yeah. now, interestingly, not in Chicago. That's good news. It is good news. We've because, seen a yeah, slight Chicago uptick. Winds are the says, best. Paul says we've seen a little bit of an uptake, but, that's but not, normal. not kind of the numbers we're no. seeing across the country. No. So that's a good thing for, for the Chicago area. So so mm. here's something, though. So thinking of your, your pet, how difficult is it? And would you break up with a boyfriend, girlfriend, if your pet didn't like them? Mm. Is this, is this the, that's a crazy pet. This is the old thing. Like, like, like dogs, like, what is it again? I trust dogs more than I trust people. Like dogs that don't like other people. There's probably a reason not to like that person. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, like take the dog's word for it. Like okay. if, you know it, what I'm saying? Yeah, but in my case, my dog doesn't generally hates everyone. Like, doesn't like men. Wow! So I'd be in a in <laughs> trouble, and particularly blonde men. 
Now he was a rescue. Yeah, I think to look? so. He hates men and he, <laughs> he ha- hates Norwegians. He hates them. Norwegians and he, he hates blonde himself. He hates plastic bags. I feel like a blonde man. Well, put who him in a doesn't bla- hate plastic bags? But I, mean, I think on. he was probably found in a plastic bag. He was oh, a rescue okay, as a, as a puppy. I, there was something about plastic bags. He probably was in one. And blonde men, he goes crazy. Generally doesn't mm. like men, but especially. See, I don't think my girlfriend would break up with me, but she was like happy. She's like, oh. Uh, Luna loves you. Luna, Luna's a dog. Uh, yeah. So you passed that test, I, and Luna came right up to me. You know, was like, you say that she wouldn't break up with you. Luna hated you. <laughs> Luna hated this might be might. an ex girlfriend. Because yeah. yeah. here's why I say it: two in every three people, which is I'm led to believe over fifty percent, say they would end the relationship if their pet didn't approve of the partner. Sixty-eight mm. percent. Like they, they would nope. take the word of the. Of the your bark pet. of the dog. Or the cat. Or the meow of the cat. I'm guessing. Yeah. How many what, birds? Hell, I don't know. How do you know if a bird That'd be a great excuse, though. Oh, birds My goldfish pass. doesn't like you. The goldfish you. can't stand you. I'm yeah. sorry. We're Swings to, to the back of the bowl every time you come in. <laughs> no this way. This is over. Oh, you know, that is a good excuse, See? right? Yeah, yeah. I should use that. Now, uh, one of my sons um, lives with his girlfriend. She has a chihuahua, an old chihuahua. She hates, she doesn't hate Conlon. She hates when <laughs> Conlon touches Lauren. If Conlin, oh, one of those, yeah, one if of those Conlin, protective. Yeah, if, yeah. if Conlon puts his hand on her shoulder, which he sends me videos all the time. Con, oh my God, they're the funniest videos ever. She and she doesn't have any teeth, thank goodness, because the she bites him. Girlfriend or the dog? <laughs> dog. <laughs> it's important to know. One of those Arkansas girls. I mean, uh, uh, I would change the story. I would change the story. I just need to know the details. Sorry. They are, they're not meth heads. They don't live in a trailer. The no. dog does not, the have, dog any does teeth, not have any teeth. Okay. The girlfriend because, um, in the story. Her name's Penny. She bites Conlon, I don't know, 20 gums. times a day. Gums. She gums him 20 times a day. But yeah, it's that. So if he sits next to Lauren, it starts... If he touches her, ooh, all hell breaks loose. It is funny. That's funny. And he does it on purpose now, of Obviously. course. It's been a year. Yeah. She's relentless. She'll never it's like a protective that. dog. She's not protective. She's like, excuse me, that's Jealous. my job. Jealous. Why does the dog have no teeth? Because she's old. Oh. And apparently chihuahuas lose their teeth a lot. I'm waiting for Lucky. He might not be know that. toothless. I, again, <laughs> you learn something new on this you show every day. Toothless Even if you don't dog want to. sounds good There's to it. me. I don't know Call how she eats. for dogs. Yeah. New idea. There you Write go. Run with that. Oh, Run yeah. with don't, that. Don't Call think Star they don't haven't thought of that already. I'm sure they have. Dentures for dogs. I've already Doggy spent ninety. I've already spent ninety thousand dollars on this dog. So oh. why not? Okay, I'm exaggerating just, just think, a little bit. Yeah, I I think it's interesting. Yeah. That, that, that that dogs. They have a sense, right? Yeah, they have like a. They yeah. do. Hmm. I'm gonna. Bring, I'm gonna bring Lucky like, in. Likes people, and then somebody walks in the room and the dog doesn't like them. You should take the. Advice and yeah. go. There's something about this right, person. I'm bringing him in. Evil. I'm bringing yeah. him in to meet you too. We're gonna yeah. see how oh, he'll hate us. Got it. Bruce, Judy, and Cheese with you. And all morning long, I've heard uh, Nick Gale updating us on what is going on in the Middle East, specifically more rocket attacks in, uh, directed towards Israel. Talk of possibly some sort of ground troops, uh, 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 full-scale war. We talked uh, just a little bit ago. If you miss it, go back and check it out on the podcast, by yeah. the way. Uh, we talked to my, my friend Dan, literally my friend from high school, from Tucson, living in Tel Aviv, yeah, who came out of his shelter to talk to us about what it's like to live with the rockets being fired at you and then this uh, Iron Dome, this yeah. anti-missile defense going off. Uh, uh, you know, he said it looks like fireworks ex- until you hear the big explosions and you realize things are dropping around you on the ground. Yeah. 
How crazy? But it's real, yeah. How crazy is that, right? And some people, I think, and I would like to ask our next, our next guest, I think some people have never experienced this. Needless, experienced this. I like it. Right? It's been, we've had, had peace for a long time. Yeah. But I mean, in Israel. And it, even it was, in Israel. Yeah. Joining us right now is Israel's consul general in the Midwest, Aviv Ezra. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Thank you for having me on your show. Good morning here. Tough mornings in Israel. You're right. It certainly is. And, and again, we just we spoke to a friend of mine in Israel who there was a rocket attack not a half hour ago, roughly. Uh, he was in the middle of it when we were speaking to him, talking about going into the bunker in the in the basement of his house. Um, can you maybe back up a little? Is there a designated? How did this start? But Monday things started to escalate. I'm still unclear why. Well, first of all, you're 100% right. This is, you know, on the strategic level, that's one element, but on, it's all very personal. You spoke to your friends. I spoke to my parents. I just told a few friends about it a couple of days ago. They're 80 years old. They have not been sleeping for the last oh. 72 hours. They, they, they uh, uh, you know, in the middle of the night, they have to go to shelters. 1,500 rockets in 72 hours. Millions oh, in shelters. Dead people, injured. You know, oh. that's crazy. And at the end of the day, I, I, I think you're right, 100%. Now, the way it evolved is that in the beginning of the Ramadan, the month of Ramadan, holy month of Ramadan of the Muslims in Israel, which, as you know, is celebrated in Jerusalem every year, uh, we have seen beginning of terror attacks in Judea and Samaria, and then attacks against Jews in the old city of Jerusalem, and then attacks against worshippers in the Western world, and then uh, proceeded later, and then later on escalated with rockets at Jerusalem, which is uh, the same Jerusalem that supposedly Hamas is attempting to protect. And then rockets at the southern south part of Israel. Now rockets all over Israel, you know, in the scale of almost Second World War. Think about it. A kind of the blitz in London where you have rockets falling on your head for so long. Unbelievable. Wow. Aviv, we have, there has been, it's been peaceful in the region for so long. Pretty much. And by right? that, I mean year, a couple years. But long yeah. enough that we've become a little bit complacent. And this is kind of shocking to us because there was a time where it's all we talked about was the Mideast, right? You're 100% right. You know, the Abraham Accords brought us to a situation we were, we were focused on peace. We were focused on working with the moderate countries around us, not just Egypt, not just Jordan. We got Bahrain, UAE, uh, Morocco, the, the previous administration efforts with the Abraham Accords really broke grounds over there. However, while we were focusing on peace, the other side, i.e. the Hamas, which is a, a, a radical, vicious, murderous regime, was focused on R&D, not in saving life and COVID-19 solutions or cancer solutions or working on their health care and education system. They were working on developing better infrastructure to kill more Jews and Israelis, and now they're using it. They're using it. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I'm not trying to impress you, sir, and I don't want to jump ahead, but, but Hamas no. is, is funded by, supplied by Iran. Uh, you know, this is where they get their munitions, uh, a lot of the technology, a lot of their ability to wage any sort of war against Israel. What is their end game? What are they hoping to provoke? Are they trying to provoke Israel into a wider war? Well, you know, one credit we can give both to Iran and, and to Hamas. They are not shy about their goal. You can read it. It's in their charter. It's a full annihilation of the state of Israel for the Jewish people. And unfortunately for them, we're not going to cooperate with that vision. <laughs> Nor should you. <laughs> and we will push back. So their end game is to, uh, to extract us from what they think is, is, is something that they want to do as soon as possible. However, they need to know that the people of Israel are in the state of Israel. 
in the land of Israel, not just by military might, but by historical right. And we are there to stay, and we will know how to, to defend ourselves by ourselves. This is the essence of what Israel is about. What do you think the next few days will bring? Mm. Look, unfortunately, I don't think this is going to be disappearing tomorrow. Uh, I think Israel needs to make sure that the other side is deterred. What does that mean? That means that they understand. We've been, look, since 2014, we've been trying to stick an equilibrium with it. But you can't stick an equilibrium with a vicious, murderous regime that wants to annihilate you. You can't. <laughs> so, so the there, is no, is, there is no nego- there is no middle ground. <laughs> I get no, that. Exactly, exactly. So look, we, we looked at what, look, we, we have other friendly neighbors um, saying that, of course, citizens of like Hezbollah. And the reason Hezbollah is not attacking us is not because they like us or because they're Zionists, it's because they're deterred. They know what happened last time that they came after Israeli civilians and after Israel. So I think uh, the cabinet in Israel is uh, trying to make a point to Hamas that it's not going to be worth their time and there will be a price tag attached if they go after Israeli civilians, after the state of Israel, disrupting our life, disrupting our economy, killing people, killing children, killing elderly. And that's, that's I think, the direction that it's going right now. Again, I just want you to know, mm-hmm. this is not our preferred route, but if we don't do it right now, it's like just like heating the can down the road. It will come back to haunt us. We're talking to uh, Aviv Ezra, Israel's consul general here in the Midwest. And, I, you know, I, I, I've always looked at it like this. I, I, I do believe there's two sides. Please Please under, follow me on this, that, that there, there is a balance to be struck in some way, shape, or form. But how do you negotiate with a group that wants to annihilate you? Do you negotiate, well, what if you only annihilate half of us? Like, I, I, I've never quite understood the argument on the other side, which, because I've looked at it through, through our lens. If Canada was lobbing missiles into, into Chicago on a daily basis, like how long would you put up with it? Like, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, how long would you say, uh, you know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna turn the other cheek? So I can certainly understand the, the tough position that Israel is in from that standpoint. But is there a long term solution, or is this just what we're going to deal with till the end of time? So you know, that's a, that's a superb question. We always ask ourselves. Because we appreciate and we look up to the United States of America, we always ask ourselves the WWAD question. What would America do in a case yeah. like that? Ah. And I know that America would not sit down with 1,500 or 15 or even one rocket right. turning upon its head to your point and will respond accordingly. Now, by the way, the Hamas is conducting here a double war crime. Why? Because A, he's firing at civil, Israeli civilian population. He's not firing against the Israeli military. He's firing on purpose against Israeli children, elderly women, uh, and, and men in, in the, mm-hmm. that are civilians. That's one thing. But also, they're not only firing at civilian population, they're also firing from within a civilian population, meaning that they know that we will restrict ourselves and prevent ourselves from responding where they, when they shoot from their schools, their hospitals, hospitals yeah. and they know and they're playing that cynical game. Knowing, <laughs> so they're yeah. also risking their own <laughs> population, civilian population. Yeah. Aviv, thank, thank you very much for your insight and your time today, and best of luck not only to you but all your friends and family back in Israel. Thank you. Pray for it for the safety and peace in Jerusalem. Thank you so much for your for your work. Yeah. Thank you. He's Aviv Ezra, Israel's consul general in, in the Midwest. It's frustrating. You know, and, and again, what would America do? I mean, could you right. imagine? And, and who's caught in the mid? That's the Palestinians who don't. Uh, you know, they, there are many who who don't are are and, against Hamas and Israelis who are yeah. want peace. I mean, yeah, and, and, and they're the that, ones that getting killed and throat. losing their homes and right. and you know sheltering in place. So, but, but yeah. I I do run it through this filter, and we are going to try to talk to some some of the people 
on the Palestinian side. Yeah. Just to be clear, I want I want to hear their their side of this, and I'm 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 open to it. But there is a fundamental argument here. Maybe a better analogy is not Canada. Maybe if Native Americans, maybe if a Native American tribe upset that we took their land, Mm -hmm. we took Missouri, was conducting terror attacks against a civilian population, how would the United States deal with that? And, and that's how I look at it in the context of, well, how's Israel supposed to deal with that? Again, though, you have to make the distinction between Palestinian people who want peace and Hamas, which is, are, you know, who uh, they would describe. It's a terrorist organization. Yeah, it's a terrorist No, it is. I mean, it, it, it's it, Hamas. Hamas right. doesn't speak for all the Palestinians. Although, it just doesn't. I agreed. Although, they have been elected by the people as well in a certain, so a lot of the elected officials it's hard not to elect a terrorist group when they're telling you to elect them. Okay, well, and again, yeah. we're, we hope to talk to some of the some of the the folks on the other side of this, some of the the people who are protesting here, the leaders of the, yeah. the organizations, because I think there's some learning that we could all do. I can't, I can't, I do not know what it's like to be an Israeli having rockets fired at me, and I don't know what it's like to be a Palestinian feeling like I'm being oppressed by Israel or or whatever yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the argument is. We're gonna we're gonna find out about that. People are uh, vaccinated or at least to the point where they say i feel comfortable moving about the country you're not free to move about the country you yes. can get around and do things well that is if you can find gasoline for your car Ugh. that is if there's jet fuel for airplanes right oh, yeah. and we know that there was this this uh, pipeline was hacked the one that it's the, okay when they said pipeline i'm like okay what is this like a couple hundred miles 5,500 miles yeah. of pipeline. One of the biggest ones. 5,500 miles. Big one. That's long. <laughs> Deep, too. Thank you. <laughs> but it is impacting. It's impacting supply, but the panic might be impacting it more. Might be a, a good way to put it. Do you know what I'm saying? Always, right? And what impact will this have on people traveling? Maybe... Memorial Day weekend coming up in a couple weeks. Summer travel, where a lot of people like to pack up the wagon family truckster and go see the world's largest ball of twine, mm, right? Love it. It's fantastic. Where you is check that it out exactly? Sometime. We're talking to Molly Hart right now from AAA Chicago. And Molly, I know we've seen gas prices that have been on a pretty steady climb recently. This pipeline ain't going to help the situation, is it? Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, In regards to the pipeline issue, um, it is, as you were just talking about, it is one of the largest um, pipelines in the U.S. delivering fuel fuel products from Houston to New York. Okay. So our area, our region, should not be affected by it. But I think what people are seeing is, yes, the gas prices have gone up. But what you need to know is it's more along the lines of what the gas prices were in 2019. 2020 was just a year off with the pandemic and not many people getting out on the road. Oh, and so fewer people driving lowered demand, which then lowered the price. Absolutely. Um, That is correct. And so today's price um, here in Chicago is $3.54 for a regular gallon. Last year, it was $2.43. But in 2019, it was $3.44. So, like I said, we're not that far off. 
But another thing that people need to take into consideration, and this is outside of the pipeline issue, is that in spring, gas prices do go up. And to make the fuel, the summer fuel blend, is a little bit more expensive to do. Is that, the, then, is that the big reason why I've always heard that, like they, that, that there's a different mixture of fuels and therefore it's more expensive at the refinery, which means they pass it on to us? Correct. Yes. Okay. And um, so, yeah, in spring, the prices do go up. And then in the summertime, gas prices do fluctuate. Um, and it's based on the fact that people are driving more, people are going on vacation, there's changes in supply and demand, and and today, here today now, with many, many more people getting vaccinated, travel restrictions lifted, people want to get on the road and go somewhere. Yes. You're expecting, like, a huge increase this year, right? Um, in regards to travel? In travel, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, this year, um, nationally, 37 million travelers are going to hit the road. Um, and a majority of it is by car, which is what was going on last year, too. People are more comfortable taking their car. Right. Um, so here in Illinois, 1.8 million people are going to get out and take a trip for Memorial Day. Um, and with that being said, 1.7 million here in Illinois are going to be taking their car. It seems like a the lot. majority. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so, so is the expectation that these prices just continue to climb also for the variety of reasons you mentioned, but just basic demand as well? Correct. Absolutely. And and like I said, you know, summertime uh, fuel prices or gas prices do More fluctuate, um, and it is based also on supply and demand. We're so, going to see these people out and about. Right. And when you say uh, so out of 1.8 million in Illinois, 1.7 are going to go by car. Would those numbers be higher for flying if this was any other year? Right. So, um, so 1.7 last year, 1.1 million went by car, but in 2019, 1.8 million in Mm. Illinois went by car. So, and this is, um, 50 miles or more outside of their home. Got it. And I guess what I'm asking is, is Memorial Day usually a big flying holiday or more of a driving holiday? You know, um, offhand, I don't have that information. I think, I do believe it's more driving, but more people in the past were also getting um, on a plane. Got it. Obviously, yeah. yeah. Molly, thank you for your time and the insight into this. We appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank She's you. Molly Hart with AAA Chicago. As yes, you can expect gas prices to rise for a variety of reasons. No, uh, the president doesn't have a dial on his desk and turn the yeah. gas prices. Yeah, I don't believe down. that he does. That uh, yeah, that's not a thing. Ooh, but by it's going the way, down a little bit too much. It's Rack called uh, free markets mm. determine. All I know is prices. I'm going somewhere for Memorial Day. For any any excuse, any time. Well, but but if you can't summer. get gas, or, and by the way, it's already is there, summer. Is there is. is there a price where we've seen it before? Remember, gas got like four bucks a gallon. Oh, people yeah. go, that's it. I'm not driving anywhere. Like, and and there's a reality at some point people can afford it. I always know gas is bad when I put my credit card in and the pump pops before it's full because you can only put like fifty bucks or seventy five or a hundred. I got a truck. Yeah, my truck will take over a hundred dollars in gas. And wow. when it's that expensive, oh, and I go bing, and I go, it stops exactly at one hundred point zero zero, and I'm like, I don't think I'm that lucky today. I'm guessing the price of gas is at the point where I need to put my card back in and start this over again. Jeez.
Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, I hate going. Uh, literally, my uh, my sweet spot's like $30. So if it's when it goes up to $40, $41, I just stop. Like, I am not paying more for this little car. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> How much gas can put in? $40. That's it. $40. So, so if it was $40 a gallon, that's it. I'm going 25 miles. That's it. That's about <laughs> that's what I'm getting. 25 it. miles of the gallon. I, hey, well, Judy buys the exact same dollar value <laughs> in gas. It has nothing to do with how much it's she drives. It's a little Toyota. I'm like, how, this is ridiculous. And, you know, um, our, our last guest had mentioned how, um, I mean, I, I'm, okay. I know I'm just going to sound cheap here, and uh, okay. I feel like I'm frugal. But yeah, I'm the kind of person that watches. I've been driving to work this whole time. Yes, you so have. Ha- so seeing the rates, yeah, go, uh, you know, the cost go up just drives me crazy. I didn't even bring a car. Yeah, yeah, because there's no reason. So, I can so, understand the summer, the summer blend. We've had that here forever. Ever. It does, but there's no reason for it to be this high. Why? It just all of a sudden started creeping up, creeping up, shooting up, shooting up, and now it's. Would you Would you like me to tell you why? Yes. No, for on, on there's Toyota. no good. You're not going to tell me a good reason. Go ahead. Okay. Give me, give me your lame reason why. Um. Okay. <laughs> uh, when people uh, started to drive less during a pandemic, mm-hmm. the refineries cranked back the amount that they were making, and the people that had oil in the ground stopped pumping it out of the ground because there wasn't a demand for it. So when you pump oil out of the ground in West Texas. And I have friends that do that. It takes a while for it to turn it into unleaded. And you can put it in your car. There's a process. You can imagine. Yeah. Okay. So there's always going to be a lag from when they cut production to, oh, now everybody's driving again. Okay. Well, we didn't just have it sitting around. There's also a lot of economies that go into this. My buddies at pump oil, they only pump oil out of the ground when it's worth it. They don't pump 24-7, 365. Because once you pump that oil out and sell it, that's the price you sell it for. They want to see the price going up. They want to try to time the market mm-hmm. where they're pumping it out and maximizing their revenue. Mm-hmm. I you call also it gou- had, that's all I hear you saying is gouging. Well, they own the oil. You don't yeah, have any right know, to their oil. They can charge they charge whatever they want, whatever the market will bear for. It's not your oil. It's theirs. You're welcome to go buy your own land and put a pump in the ground and make your own. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Chances uh, could, are you don't own the mineral rights, though, yeah. when you buy the yeah, land. Just <laughs> so you know. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure a lot of my tax dollars go into that whole scenario. You also had the big freeze in Texas, which mm-hmm. shut down the right, refineries, yeah. yep. and it takes a while to get them going again. Okay, enough you with also your, logical, your, your logical the argument The dumb there. boat stuck in the Suez Canal, yes. which backed up the oil tankers everywhere oil is a global commodity Mm -hmm. they use the same oil in bangladesh that they use in you know Mm -hmm. barstow so oil gets traded on a global market the price is what somebody else is willing to pay for it which is why we pump oil out of the ground in the united states and we ship it other places and other people pump oil out of the ground in other places and ship it here that's just the way the, the game works that's it's supply and demand, guys. Yeah. It's a basic mm-hmm. econ 101. Well, worry, we should not be affected oh. by this latest pipeline, but yet we are. But it, it lowered all of the supply. Mm, did it, though? Yes, it lowered the supply, which meant other people were able to charge more to ship their gas to other places, which meant there was a lower he- supply and demand. Yeah. Yeah. Only can charge what you're willing to pay for it. That's it. If you, wouldn't, hey, if you refuse to pay for it, guess what? Price would go down. Price would go down. And a good morning to you. Happy Thursday. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese. And uh, if part of your daily TV routine is watching the Ellen DeGeneres show, we won't have old Ellen to kick around much longer, Judy, will you? 
Well, no, apparently she's, um, as you like to say, canceled herself. Well, did she? Well, her ratings, so since she, it, it was revealed that she was not the best boss, said a year ago, her ratings plummeted. Yeah. So she lost a million viewers. So did she cancel herself? Is she is she is she a victim of cancel culture? I'm gonna be nicer and say she's just had enough. Is this the you can't fire me, I quit? Yeah. This is this is (laughs) wow, my ratings are in the toilet. I'm gonna get out while I can. It's interesting to think about that. She's been doing it for nineteen years or nineteen seasons of the Ellen DeGeneres show. Have you ever seen her show? Only like when like Tom Cruise jumped on the couch. Like I've seen clips. You've seen clips, yeah. Have was that, Ellen no, that was Oprah, I thought. That was Oprah. Oh, yeah, that was so, Oprah. Yeah. So, no. So, no, I that's haven't a, seen that's that a no for you. How about yeah. you, Cheese? No, I've, not, I've seen... I don't watch shows like that. Only I find when, like, Justin Bieber was on. That's the only time I watched. Really? I mean, I've uh, seen little clips. I mean, uh, yeah. no, I've never seen it. I've yeah. never seen a I would never sit there either. and watch. I don't watch any of them, though, but I'm consistent. But I think I'm a lot of... I'm not boycotting Ellen. I'm boycotting all of them. All of them, yeah. But she was very popular for a long time. Her show was... So maybe things run its course. I mean, there's a chance of that. 19 seasons. But I wonder if this big drop recently losing a million people is because of you found out that oh you mean she isn't funny all the time and she isn't oh she's funny she's just obviously or apparently i should say mean well but that comes across you don't know people you have no idea who these people these celebrities athletes you don't know who they are but we feel like we feel like we know them and so when you find out something about them it's so disappointing do you drop them so that's the question have have you so have you stopped being a fan when you found something out about so, uh, an actor, a singer, or whatever? Have you have you ever like said that's yes, it? Yes, I really? have not in Ellen's case. I don't know why. No, that's fine. Not Ellen. Yeah. But, but I, because well, I can like, you give me an example? Like Tom Cruise. So you I don't mean, like Tom Cruise anymore? I I like him. I just I look at him a little bit like mm, he's just weird now the scientology thing yes, made, me, the sci- made me look at him and go i but 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 you wait I you know watch the like, movies it doesn't stop right, me yeah I'm, no 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 i i like his movies but him is uh, yeah i i used to i feel like i lost respect for him Ooh. but here's the number one person oh i think now that i think about it what you think about it? michael jackson he's dead he i know but oh, okay. he during his life he was so such a part of my childhood mm-hmm. the jackson five i mean that's sure a, that when oh when he started becoming weird it was I couldn't Stop. do it and you know what I didn't like his music after that even though I know really? okay. that's when he became the superstar Miranda Miranda's me. mouth is a gate I know I know but and I'm you just, talking but, trash about MJ the yeah, king of pop but I grew up with him when he was normal yeah he and became I not got normal to know him as the weird Michael and then I got to know him as the right. old Michael too you know that you know that her generation had no concept of, of the Jackson Five. They only knew Michael as weird Michael. Mm-hmm. So they accepted him as weird. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, the so, you can, so you yeah. can understand why I didn't, though. He changed I, I'm like, for what? you. He never changed. He changed. His voice never changed. Okay. His mute, like, the okay, way so that can he I tell you, can His I tell appearance, you a, a everything story? about him changed. Yes, please. Tales from the Hood? Tales from the Hood. Yes. So, uh, I, have a, I have a couple of Michael stories. I've met him mm-hmm. different times, been to Neverland. Okay, if you um, went to Neverland, I went to Neverland. I'm going to look at you differently now. Um, so I'm <laughs> I'm sitting in a friend of mine's office, and she ran Michael's record label back in the day when I was cool. So I'm in L.A. Shout out to Trish, and we're sitting in her office, and the phone rings, 
and she says, I got to take this. And I thought it was kind of rude. Yeah. I'm like, we're, we're, we're having a, we're a meeting, you know, we're hanging out, having a good time. Why? She goes, it's Michael. So Michael had his own phone. Ooh. So when that phone rang, that was Michael. He didn't have to go through anybody. Direct line to the president. She's ahead of, of course, the Of course, yeah. Picks it up. I, and I can't help but hear a little bit. It's not on speaker, but she's holding the phone to her ear. And going back and forth and you know, a little bit. She got, uh-huh. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hangs up the phone. That was Michael? I go, yep. Yeah. I go, I could hear him, like, barking at you. How could that? He always and she said, like this. Yeah. And I go, <laughs> He doesn't do this all the things. She goes, he doesn't talk like that. <laughs> what? Really? She doesn't talk See? Like that. She goes, no, that's just the, that's the, yeah. Go on, the, undress him for Miranda. Yeah. Let I was like, know. I was like, yeah. oh no. I was like, who's that yelling at you on the phone? Michael. Michael yells at me. She goes, she yells at me. No. Yeah. yeah so that was Michael. Yeah. And uh, you know what he's accused he of, did, right, he, Miranda? He, he, yeah, he, but he's not right. here to defend himself. And see, people yeah, people forgive oh. that. People I didn't think he did a very good it. job defending himself when he was alive doing it either. It didn't matter. People discounted that too, just for his talent. Because you wanted to believe what it is. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I now listen. As much as I knew Michael was weird, as much as I believed the accusations against him, and I do. I never stopped listening to music necessarily. I didn't ever, like, if PYT came on in and go, oh my God, turn it off. Yeah. Like, I never got to that point. I can't think but of a it celebrity. Didn't jade you? It didn't jade you a little bit. So I was thinking about R. Kelly. Yeah. Let's bring it back to Chi Town. Met Happy R. Kelly. people. Met R. Kelly on more than one occasion. <laughs> oh, he is a freak show. Shout out to R. Kelly. Um, yeah, see, he never pretended but to be see, something when, he when wasn't. When Ignition comes on, I'm still like, that's up the mm. dude. It's all right, Max. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of fresh from the kitchen. I'm like, come on. Some of it's <laughs> still like, who is he singing about though? Yeah, that's what. That's see, what girls I look. Girls listen to the, the 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 lyric. You guys get into the meaning of the song. Guys are just about like the beat. I think more. Mm. I'm like, mm. I don't know who the hell he's singing about. Woo. Do. Song yeah, is, um, yeah. it's a heater. Yeah. But listen to that the song lyrics. Oh. <laughs> song yeah. Listen to the lyrics. But his case, he never pretended to be anything that it, what he, he is. He was a bit of a weirdo to begin yeah, with. Yeah, he was always kind of a, yeah. Mm. Yeah, a little trashy. Yeah, I've never gone there. Van Morrison is the latest one. Van Morrison. Brown Eyed Girl. Know, right? Right. Van Morrison is apparently <laughs> He's lost QAnon it. nut. Yeah, wow. oh, he's off the, completely off the reservation, and so a, a lot of folks are like, "I love Van Morrison," and they're struggling with, but Van Morrison's lost his mind. Van Morrison's on some crazy conspiracy, you know. He's he's completely he's well past where the buses run. Okay, he's out. Yeah, there. And do you stop liking an artist when you find out about something about? I guess I, I can separate like the two. Even unconsciously, two. it it. Jade you it a little bit. It changes the way you see it them. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. And even though you're still enjoying stuff, there's just a uh-huh. little part of you that's, that notices that. Kevin Spacey. Oh. Yeah, that one hurt. Yeah. That one really broke my heart. Because because uh, Usual Suspects is still one of my favorite films. Yeah. And I don't I don't care. I, mean, I think Kevin Spacey's amazing. In it. I love him as an actor. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. so much I, as I mean, I may not hang out with him personally. Yeah. But I well, don't stop is, watching. But this is where we should we should separate it, right? Where he's an actor. Right. He's not my friend. No, he's Even though I thought he was. Your buddy? If somebody gave you... A certain dollar figure and said, I'll pay you to not work. I, we all have a price. You, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what it is. It's different for every person, but we all have a price. I think the problem is we've reached that price with a lot of people, which is really one of the 
only explanations as to why jobs are going unfulfilled. And not just the $7 an hour federal minimum wage, the $15 an hour, $16, $17 an hour are not even getting applicants in some cases. Why? Leave it to the smarty pants that do math. That looked at, when you take a look at things like stimulus checks, unemployment insurance, the extra unemployment insurance that you're getting from the federal government, that some people are making between $20 and $22 an hour to not work. So even offering them $20 an hour to go work at McDonald's, they'd still go, I can make the same and stay at home. Mm-hmm. It makes you, <laughs> And they've been home yeah. for a year and they're kind of used to it, right? Coffee yeah, it's, not, it. it's not as boring as they thought, not working, this all, not working thing. No, not working is awesome. But, yeah, not making a living is harder. Yeah. But government has now set this up and set an expectation for a long time. Right. I don't I don't think you How can are criticize you cut these people I, off. Right. You can't criticize what they did early on because people were hurting. People did need help. Yeah. A year into it and they're still talking. I mean, there is talk about another stimulus check. No. I know. So, I think and you know some states are taking it into their own hands now. They're not going to take that $300 federal supplement. They're anymore. going back to whatever their normal right. Unemployment, yeah. And don't forget, unemployment is never forever. It's not supposed to be. It never is. It's uh, 26 weeks, maybe. Yeah. I I, I think different states have different uh, times. So states can do what they want. Alabama, for one, is saying, no, we're done. We're stopping. We're not going to extend it. We're not taking that $300. You're going to have to look for a job if you are in unemployment. And the the bottom line on that is, and by the way, there are plenty of jobs. So they do exist. Yes. Now, but there's your argument. It's Alabama. They don't, you know, you're in Chicago. If you work in the city of Chicago, you are guaranteed a $15 minimum wage. Okay. It's not the same everywhere. It's $7.25. So let's take Alabama. If you're living in Alabama and you're making, I don't know, $800 a week on unemployment, you're not taking that seven dollar and twenty five cents. The most money you've ever job. made in your life. Yeah, exactly. So there is. <laughs> Are you kidding I, me? Right. You hit the bleeping so, so now I'm envisioning everyone's just going to wait till it runs out. Aren't they going to wait? And then the there's going to be a flood. But of that's people. the thing. It's so it's going to be like a game of musical chairs, yeah, and that's and not, not good, good either. Way. Yeah, not that's good not way. good. That people are. Go- there are plenty of people out there who are going to wait to the last second till that that till that first check doesn't come. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So the direct deposit doesn't show up on their debit card, their bank account, however it works, right? They're going to wait for that first one and then say, all right, well, I guess I got to go do something now. But they're not going to do it a second before that happens, Mm -hmm. which is all the more motivation government should have to step in and say, we've gotten through the difficult times. We've done what we needed to do. We're getting... Right. States and even are if, reopening. If you We're getting to back wean, to hashtag then old even normal. Wean. Don't no even wean. Don't sh- no well, weaning. Well, you know how it is. <laughs> People. Whole turkey. Well, we okay. We've wean. It used to be six hundred dollars, an extra six hundred dollars a week. Now it's three hundred. How about you drop it? I don't know to a hundred and or do a date. You're right. July first. You're done. You're done. So these states, no June first. They're like, you're done. We're not offering it anymore. Listen, the fact that we are still trying to have a debate because we can't get. 
people to go to work because they're getting paid too much money by the government to sit at home. One of the reasons why I think we're going to hell in a handbasket, Judy says she can restore your faith in humanity. Well, here's a guy who worked his whole life, a 96-year-old retired school teacher. He's now a crossing guard in Milwaukee, still working. But he says he loves what he does, and he is hoping to hit a milestone. Julius Campbell says he gets up at about 4 in the morning, goes down to his corner at 6.30 a.m. There he is waiting for the children. The World War II Navy vet and retired MPS teacher has seen a lot in his time. But he says helping kids cross the street is a rewarding experience. Now, it only takes about 20 seconds to cross that street. However... Julius has made some lifelong friends. He says a lot of the kids graduate, they come back. He's getting their kids going now and helping them across the street. He says they keep him young, looking forward. He says he wants to make it to 100 years old. And I got to say, this man looks pretty darn good for his age. Teaching us once again that it's all about how young you feel. Here, here. Thank you, Jude. I like that. Uh, the idea of like the friendly crossing guard. Ah, and he's a former teacher. Yeah, and he's doing generations of kids. I, and he looks darn good for ninety six. I remember really liking the crossing guard when I was a little kid. I was a crossing guard. Were you really? <laughs> favorite job. My mom was a crossing guard. So yeah. I was. St- wow. I no, I, but I was a student crossing guard. guard. Yeah, yeah I, I was an adult. Oh, I liked our crossing guard so much. They gave me the little the little sash. Yeah, I love that. Thing, and I had so the signs. Oh, you were. Oh, okay, I got you. My mom had a badge from the sheriff's. Oh, guard. Hey. Gosh. Gosh. Were the kids afraid? A little of her? more official than a sash. <laughs> a little more than a sash yeah. goes without saying. Your mom wins. Yep. All right. Hey, thank you so much for spending some time with us today, Judy, for restoring our faith in humanity. Uh, also, uh, MG and the posse over there in Mission Control who uh, hit all the buttons and make mm-hmm. it happen. Um, infant producer Miranda on the other side of the double pane bulletproof glass. DJ Cheese, who's working the ones and twos. Thank you, sir. And Nick Gale, whose mom was a deputized yeah. <laughs> badge-carrying <laughs> crossing guard. He's coming up next. He's got the news, the traffic, the weather, the information, everything you need to know, all coming up right here on 890 WLS.